Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pisgah Podcast. We are your hosts, I'm Mangler, and that is Drew, and you are listening to Pisgah. We're coming to you live from the intersection of Clickbait and Chainwhip. Waiting to drop in on some wall ride trains. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's get into this week's episode, Mangler. What have we got in this week's news and updates? Well, we had some rain uh, leading into the weekend, which was nice. So, Drew, uh, let me get an allergy check because we're both sounding a little bit nasally here. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting there. Still snotty, but the annoying cough from the consistent nasal drainage is starting to fade. Uh, and my eyes are not as itchy as they were this time last week, luckily. So I think I'm getting there. I think I'm on the mend. Right on. I'm still doing my daily Claritin and, you know, this sneezing and stuff will ramp up different parts of the day. Well, uh, we had a couple of events this past weekend. You know, the ladies weekend went down at Canuga. Sorry we didn't shout that out on the last episode. It came to our attention after we recorded. It's kind of like a post-Massanutten race mind melt on my end. But there's another Women's Weekend happening at Canuga, May 21st and 22nd, sponsored by Transition and Bikes and hosted by Radical Roots. They'll have demos, food trucks, and coaching sessions. You can find more info on that at RadicalRootsMTB.com. Yeah, that sounds great. I'm glad to know that they are doing some women's events, and uh, I hope they're getting some pretty good participation too i'm sure they are yeah so uh this past weekend was also the pisgah mountain bike adventure race or pimbar as us locals call it uh almost two decades of this epic race of attrition forced knowledge and bragging rights has gone down and the results aren't very surprising either we've got some pretty uh familiar names that uh have participated in this event uh more times than a lot of our listeners have probably been alive yeah so for men's duo, we had the duo of Sam Kerber and Thomas Turner taking the top step. Machine. Both guys are no strangers to the top step on this event. Nope. Second place, uh, the team of Ethan Burns and Keith Smoyer. And uh, third place, the team of Eric Nielsen and Jacob McGahey. Then uh, the women's duo, we have uh, top step went to Stacey Weidrick and Elizabeth Irwin. And the second place uh, went to the duo of Thea Dunn and Ashley Gregg. And uh, on to co-ed, the top step went to Kip Clyburn and Carrie Lowry. Second place to Grace Chapel and Jack Cosma. And third step went to the duo of Powers and Prescott. Sorry, the first names were not present on the list for that. And lastly, single speed, which is, I'm sorry, if you like to do pin bar on a single speed, then you probably hate fun. <laughs> it's a hard thing to do on any bike and uh, limiting yourself with any limiting factors. Uh, hats off to you guys. Uh, top step goes to Chris Joyce and Travis Jolly. Second step went to Rich Dillon and Watts Dixon. Those guys are both also not strangers to this event and third place sierra pike and scott smith man some some heavy hitting names on there it's funny i had uh, a buddy of mine in charlotte who did it for his first time and he was like those guys that won they just had like a water bottle and a tube strapped to their bike and i was like sam kerber and thomas turner are just different man and he was like obviously so because they killed that race there, there's a lot of a lot of legends of uh sam kerber around these woods being a oh yeah born and bred pisgan and maybe we ought to try to get him on the show someday but rumor has it he's been drinking out all the streams and creeks in pisgah for so long he can't get giardia from it so uh <laughs> 
he can just take a bottle and fill it up. Just dip it right out of the creek. Yeah. And uh, also shout out to our top step, Stacy Wydrick. Stacy Drew, we've actually known her for a really long time. She was uh, prior Stacy Mulligan before she got married. And she was one of the like original OGs of women's BMX freestyle that was doing like some rad stuff early 2000s. That's right. Yeah. I remember uh, the, the early days of uh, women like uh, Stacy and Nina Butrago getting into BMX and kind of making a splash, making their mark on the sport. Yep. And it's awesome to see Stacy moving out here and just, you know, she crushes Pisgah. Absolutely. This weekend in Knoxville is uh, Rome Fest, Knoxville. Our Romy homies will be having their bike party Friday to Sunday, mostly at Baker Creek. They've got a weekend full of activities for their participants. There might be some tickets still available, but check this out on the Rome.com website or on the Rome Instagram to get better up-to-date details. Yeah, and also happening this weekend is the Downhill Southeast Race, the Northeast Edition up at Mountain Creek in New Jersey. We'll be putting together another banger video for the pro race runs. And if you're up there and you want to help us film, drop us a line on Instagram or the Downhill Southeast Instagram, and we'll put you to work. Well, let's dive back into this past week's events. Uh, we also had the grand opening of Berm Park about two weekends ago now. We were on deck mostly just to hang out, but we, of course, had microphones with us, so we grabbed a few interviews during the madness. Yeah, honestly, I didn't think we'd get an interview with Seth. The dude was seriously all over the place all day. Between selfies at the cognitive booth and ripping laps up and down the mountain, he was busy. But alas, he stopped by and you know, had a little chat. So, Seth, we're out here at your opening day here at Chestnut Mountain Park, yep. and we get to reveal what you've been working on. So, dude, this is awesome. There's a ton of people here. There are a ton of people here. We kind of expected that, but to, to see it, I mean, there had to have been over a 1,000 people in and out of this place, maybe more. I have no frame of reference for those things. It, it's, it's packed. Yeah. I pedaled up top. I did a couple of runs on clickbait. Uh, did both splits on the wall ride and stuff. What you guys laid out, super fun, amazing. Um, I will have to say that there is a ton of traffic up there, so I haven't really gotten to, like, ride the other trails that well. I did, like, one little pass through on one of them, but still super fun, super awesome. So... I definitely have to say from those of us in Western North Carolina, we owe people like you and Nico Canuga, like what you guys are bringing to the mountain bike community is invaluable, dude. So thank you so much for that. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. To us, it's kind of obvious, though. If you build this, people are going to come to it because they do everywhere else, you know, and, and we have such a big community here that rides backcountry trails and technical trails and we don't have any flow and jump lines. Not until Nico came around, really. Yeah. And so, of course we need this. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's, you can come home at, from work, grab the kids, and bang out a couple of laps. And we didn't have anything like that. Yeah, so we had you on, like, on about a year ago. So, like, pretty much right when you guys kind of broke ground on this. It seems like it was, like, two months ago, honestly. Like, we've had you and Peter on the show yep. to talk about it. And it's awesome to finally get out here and ride it. So kind of describe the scene here because it's it's awesome this is like it's something you see like at a big bike festival so what's crazy is not everybody here is from the Asheville metro area i've met people from new hampshire new jersey pennsylvania california people have flown in driven in from all corners of the country just to see this place because they've been watching it on youtube so i think after this there's going to be more manageable crowds but this place is going to be packed like 
we, we, we still don't have enough of, enough of this. Yeah. We still don't. You've seen the Canuga parking lot. Yeah. You've seen how good Nico's idea worked. Yeah, it's just like, build it and they will come. That is true. It's totally true. I don't know if you can build anything and they'll come, but if you build a bike park, they certainly will. Absolutely. So what exactly are you, what are you doing here today? You like just shaking hands, kissing babies, ripping laps? I thought I was going to make a video about grand opening, but I'm taking pictures with people and talking. And honestly, I'm just so stoked to see everybody happy. I'm soaking it in. Yeah. I'm just doing as much riding as I can get in, uh, talk to as many people as I can and, and get direct feedback from everybody that's watched this project take shape. Well, uh, I gave you my feedback that it's yeah. awesome. It's going to be cool to come out here and rip some laps when things quiet down, which I think midweek rides out here, like after work rides for those that like, totally. like work and live in Asheville and stuff. It's, it's right off the highway. Yeah, this is going to change Canton for sure. Oh, yeah. They needed it. Yeah. They, needed, they didn't need a rock quarry. They didn't need another housing development, but I think they needed this. Yeah, they needed this. Well, dude, thanks so much for your time. I know you've got uh, selfies to take, laps to rip, and all that fun stuff. Most certainly do. Thanks, Mangler. All right, see you, Seth. And uh, Eric Porter, for you longtime listeners, was one of our first guests, episode six. So it was great to see him out on this side of the country and with his family also and ripping some laps. Uh, so we got Eric on the mic. Eric, it's good to see you in person. It's been a minute, and you know you were one of our early podcast interview guests. So thanks for jumping on some random new podcast. Yeah, that was. Uh, I'll support anything you do. First yeah. of all, and uh, secondly, it's just fun to hang out and have a good conversation. So happy to be back in North Carolina. Not just you, but you brought the whole squad. We got the family here. So my wife Megan, and then Milo and Owen. The boys are here. So we just did a couple of laps up top. Super fun. But it was interesting seeing not only people being psyched on seeing you, but psyched on seeing your kids as well. Yeah, that's been a really cool part of what we're doing on the channel is bringing the kids along with my rides and trips and everything is has been a great way to connect with everybody because maybe you don't connect with a high level of riding, but when it's me riding stuff that I like to ride and then bringing the kids and riding stuff at their level and teaching them how to do things and just having these cool adventures and kind of those father-son and family connections, everybody can relate to that. So it's, it's been cool. Yeah, I, I like the direction you've gone with your YouTube channel and like you've kind of hit a, a totally different niche and market that a lot of people will have, haven't even thought of. Yeah, and it, it just kind of naturally went that way. You know, I spent 20 years as a pro bike rider basically showing everybody how good you are what you can do and that sort of thing and so I feel like I have nothing to prove um, which is a really good place to be in mentally where I can still do hard stuff gnarly stuff scary stuff whatever when I want to but it's that's not the goal of my videos is to out gnarly somebody yeah <laughs> and I just want to bring everybody along for the ride and show them a good time and yeah it's really cool showing the kids kind of what I do and how we do it you're here for a little bit to to ride all the local spots. We're very happy to have you and psyched to see you over here in, on this side of the country. Um, how's winter been? Yeah, our winter's been weird. We were on the snow a lot. The kids were on the snow six to seven days a week. I was on a lot as well, but we didn't get any snow at all for about seven weeks. So it was one of our driest winters on record. And so we didn't get that many pow days, but a lot of park days, a lot of, a lot of everything. It was still fun. And now you're getting into get into the swing of riding season with a, a nice humid 
trip out to North Carolina for uh, spring's hitting hard right now. Yeah, it feels like summer out here. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's it's uh, high 70s and humid, like you said, and it's, I grew up in Kentucky, so this is a really nice day. I'm not used to, uh, but the family isn't used to the heat plus the humidity, so yeah. they're cooking. <laughs> so you and Seth have been working on stuff for a while now. You've done some videos out of his house, and now, obviously, you know, we had seen everything that Seth was working on here with elevated trail designs on Building Burn Park. Now we all get to ride it. So what do you think? This place is crazy. You know, like you said, I was I got to ride it a year ago when it was in development, and then now the black trails are finished, and it's such a cool place. You know, it's anytime you see a, a public, free bike park that has this level of features. I mean, it, it's pretty rare, actually. Yeah. Like this type of stuff would be reserved for like Whistler typically or, Yeah, this you know. is the stuff you pay $30 a day to ride. Absolutely. Um, and these are real features and, you know, it's, you can start out on the green trails and kind of work your way up and really learn how to jump here. So it's cool to see. Yeah. It was awesome to do, rip some laps on the black trail with you and your kids. That was fun. <laughs> yeah. They're kind of scaring me. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm totally good with them staying on the blue trails, but you know, progression is inevitable, and I've kept them on the the blue trails and the chill stuff for a long time. And so while we were out riding, the kids were lapping the black trail and starting to figure it out on their own. And sure enough, by the time you and I rode, Milo had pretty much the whole black trail figured out. Yeah, like I dropped <laughs> I dropped in behind you and the boys and then one of their friends, and I'm like, they're following their dad in, so we're doing this. And sure enough, like first drop, that first, like, double into all the stuff and I was like this is the way we're going this is awesome yeah that was my first time following Milo down that trail and he's he's got it pretty wired now it's it's cool to see and I, I think he likes riding I know he likes riding with me but he also likes riding without me because there's no one to tell him he shouldn't do something <laughs> and he's 12 now so I'm letting him make those decisions on his own because he's been hurt before he broke his elbow once and he knows what it's like so he knows the consequences and he does a good job thinking things through so he, it doesn't worry me that much, but anytime you're hitting that size features, you and I know what can go wrong. So I, you know, yeah, <laughs> it's scary as a dad, but it, I know that they put in the work to get where they're at. That's um, awesome to hear. Yeah. So it feels good. Yeah. Awesome. Did you expect this type of turnout here today? You know, I thought it was going to be busy, but this is crazy. There's so many people here. It's just every trail is nonstop train. Basically. It's almost yeah. like a never ending train yeah. on every trail. It's like, you just like wait for that small gap to open up to fall in line just to get in the train with everybody yeah and it's crazy thinking about just how many riders there are of all different levels having fun in the same place on the same day and it's it just goes to show that well-built trails and a well-planned system can handle a lot of people yeah and everything's directional so there's just it's all rivers and streams flowing together you know everything works awesome and uh, down here, it's like a mini bike fest. All, a bunch of vendors, a bunch of bike rep representation, everything's awesome to see. Yeah, this feels like a, a bike festival, you know. It's, I'm sure Seth doesn't want to take on any more responsibilities, but um, I think he could definitely pull off a bike festival here. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, sweet, dude. Well, thanks for your time. I know you and the fam are trying to get back and rip some more laps, so uh, maybe I'll see you on the mountain and uh, in the woods this week. <laughs> Good to see you again, and uh, we should definitely get out for a ride. Awesome. Thanks, Eric. Yeah, thank you. And one of the people responsible for physically making this happen, a familiar voice for all of our recent listeners, is Peter Mills of Elevated Trail Design. Peter Mills, 
We've heard your voice here on the show before, and we heard you discussing about what we're here for now, which is the Burn Park section of Chestnut Mountain opening. Dude, we're here. We finally made it. How's that relief? It feels incredible. I am uh, totally blown away with how many people showed up today, how far people came from, and it just made me so happy to see all different types of mountain bikers, different types of people getting out here and enjoying themselves. People flew in from all over the country to come here to ride these trails. I'd say it's very humbling. Uh, the 11 years I've owned Elevated Trail Design, we've opened up trail systems in eight states and I've never had this many people show up to a trail opening so it's just it's very humbling. Me and Tommy ripped some laps earlier with you and some of your build team and man I had a really good time. It's been cool to see some of the this, the clips posted online to have an idea so I'm not like going into stuff blind but uh, I was fortunate to follow Sam Anderson in on my first run on so we dropped in on clickbait and then forked off on to uh, roll the dice. Yep. And man, that was a lot of fun. For those that aren't as experienced as jumping, it's literally perfect. I've heard so many people say just awesome stuff about it. The parking lot is packed. The grass is packed. We've got tons of vendors. All along the road is packed. Like The cops have been going crazy directing traffic. So yeah, this is all. You did this, dude, so good job. Well, I appreciate you guys coming out, and uh, I just am so excited for what this means for the town of Canton after experiencing the flood in the fall, that affecting us and seeing it affect so many local residents. It's just really special to see this place open and just give Canton the kickstart that it needs and it deserves. You guys came in and basically did like a master plan and then worked with Seth on Burn Park. Yep. Is this what you envision? Like how? Oh yeah, this is, I mean, it was almost three years ago. I first met Nick with the town of Canton out here and we explored the site and he was like, well, what do you think? Can we make a trail system here? And and he said, hey, have you heard of YouTuber Seth Bike Hacks? And I was like, haven't really heard of him, but uh, let's meet. And we met out here and he was like, hey, I'll fund it. You think you can build us a bike park? And, uh, you know, with the town of Canton being in charge of it all, they, you know, they jumped on board. And, you know, I feel like we really tried to create something that was going to accommodate such a vast user group something that we thought that could hold up there without daily maintenance and just trying to create something that you know a beginner rider could ride through and an advanced rider could progress and you know work on their cornering skills work on their jumping skills also have the opportunity for wall rides and drops so i'm i'm happy man the wall rides i most like my dominant way is to go to the right so the first one entering roll the dice goes to the right so it lines up perfect for me and then the next one is my opposite direction, but it, the trail just like flows right into it so good. So it works out great. Oh yeah, if you're gonna have a wall ride, I think you gotta have one that goes each direction. Absolutely, totally, totally. Today is just the opening of only like one small section of Chestnut Mountain, so w what else is left? So ultimately in the trail master plan we created with the help of Equinox planning firm, there's gonna be approximately 17 miles of trail and the top of this mountain, I mean, that's a thousand feet above the base. So okay. to put it in perspective, Burn Park sits about 320 feet above the base and everything that's built thus far only occupies about 25 acres. So ultimately all 450 acres of Chestnut Mountain will be filled with mountain biking and hiking single track. That's awesome. And there's, there's much more plans for here. Like, isn't there like some talk of like van camping and some stuff like that? 
Absolutely. There's plans in the works to create a picnic pavilion down here. Ultimately, there's going to be a kids skills area, potentially a pump track, um, as well as restrooms. Nice. So you mentioned something uh, about maintenance. So currently right now, is there a maintenance plan with you for the, the, the park? Uh, right now, we are working with the Town of Canton and the Southern Highlands Appalachian Conservancy to arrive at a maintenance plan. Okay. Um, you know, it's going to take a village. We're hoping to work with Pisgaria Sorba on some volunteer days. The Town of Canton staff is going to be responsible for checking the park daily, making sure there's not any large trees down or anything across the jump trails. But yeah, we hope to to be involved and ensure that this bike park grows and matures and ages appropriately. Yeah, because that's one thing a lot of people don't realize when it comes to building berms and jumps is you have to keep them maintained because like a big rainstorm comes, divots, washouts, stuff like that. Like you've got to stay on top of those lips and keep them nice and buttery. Yeah, absolutely. And especially with how much traffic we saw today, you know, it just shows the demand and helps show the town the demand to you know, continue to invest in this space and maintain it. And I feel that maintenance is critical, not only just for user experience, but also to, you know, remember our conservation goals. And our goal is to improve this property and leave it with trails better than it was before we had any trails built here. I like that, that's great. Seeing how the trails are being ridden in today, does it kind of change your perspective on how maybe some things might need to be realigned or anything like that? Or are you seeing flow like how you expected it? Honestly, I was blown away with how well the flow was functioning with this many people. Um, I don't think there's anything I would have done differently with how people are routed through Burn Park and Chestnut Mountain. I mean, I was blown away that there wasn't just a bottleneck the whole day. People were able to, you know, navigate their way through there for the first time and Ultimately, once the facility Chestnut Mountain has 17 miles of trail, the density will be so much lower yeah. that you know your experience here will be much different than today, where everyone was forced into a very small area. Yeah, and yeah, there was a lot of traffic up there, but it moved. Like on the climbing return stuff, like if if you weren't pedaling it, you're off to the side walking, and then on the left, you're pedaling it. It moved. There was just a lot of traffic, and then when you got to the top, man, just coming up to the top and seeing like all the trail signs and just seeing like a literally a sea of people across there it was awesome to see it was like going to like a big skate park jam almost yeah seeing this many people just makes me so happy because it just reinforces you know what we tell towns and municipalities all over the country that you know if you create a space there is a demand for it even if that demand might not be visible until the space is created yeah absolutely well dude uh thanks for thanks for doing this project. Thanks for coming on with us and uh, let's give up some laps. Yeah, I can't thank you guys enough for coming out and I just want to give a huge thanks to the Southern Highland Appalachian Conservancy for all the work they've done to allow us to create Burn Park and create the trails out here. And the town of Canton is entering a whole new chapter. I'm really happy to be playing a small part of it. Yeah, it was awesome. The mayor stopped out earlier and gave a huge thanks to us for being here, the previous podcast episode, and you know, it's cool to hear that. Yeah, I hope to see you guys out on the trails and out at the bike park and uh, look forward to being out here in the future. Right on. Thanks, Peter. Thank you. It feels like the suspense of having this place finally completed is lifted and uh, the park's really neat. It has something for everyone. It's got plenty of room to grow and they just did everything 
to a level of quality that maybe a lot of people aren't used to seeing from their municipal parks. All the signage, all the infrastructure is is beautiful, modern, and uh, the place is just really inviting when you're there. Yeah, I haven't been since the opening day, but I know you've went back since. But, you know, opening day, yeah, there was a ton of people, but like traffic flowed. We had good riding. Uh, temperature was great. A little dusty, but, you know, hey, better than being rainy. But yeah, like you said, signage is great. Everything just looks super polished. And I'm looking forward to getting back out there and cutting some more laps. I'm definitely looking forward to, as the park grows, I'm really excited about the the backcountry single track stuff that they've been working on. Peter has hinted a little bit about some of the details on that, but he won't really tell me too much. But uh, Drew, I want to see if I can pull some strings, get us on a little VIP tour before that opens, maybe. Uh, well, your secret's safe with me if you uh, find a way in. Right on. And so after last week's interview with Ari and Hugh, I went immediately and signed up on trail care and did 60 cents a mile. My first ride was 8.6 miles. I did like a weird upper sycamore to grassy and then lower black. And like Ari said, I got hit on my credit card for five bucks. And yes, that's my Delta card. So I also got five sky pesos. And my next ride was 11 miles on the dot. And here's where some confusion hit because I got charged for $6.61. So I had some questions. So I got in touch with Ari and gave him a call. Hey. Hey, Ari. Hey, it's uh, Mangler from Pisgah Podcast. How's it going? Well, very well. Thank you. How are you doing? Man, I'm doing good. So, yeah, after editing your interview last week for uh, the new Love Trails program, I immediately put it into action and wanted to uh, give you a quick little follow-up questions after being a user for three rides, I believe. So yeah, three rides so far. Yeah, I saw that. Thanks for for doing that. Yeah, man. Us feedback. So my first question is this. Let's say it's a beautiful day and I'm playing hooky from work, but my boss follows me on Strava and I private my ride after doing it. Will that still transfer over to Love Trails? No. Okay. No, it won't. What if later, like a week or two goes by and then I unprivate it? Would it then go to Love Trails? Um, it should. It should. I'm not sure, but I think it will pick up on your ride since the ones that you've, when you stopped it. But the whole idea is not to, to mine that data that you said is private. Okay. So it shouldn't show up. Say it's an event taking part in this current event you stopped it for privacy and then continue again at a later stage but still in the time frame of the event mm -hmm. it might pick up again because it the event is set up to track all your activity okay so it might pick it up again but for your on and off it shouldn't okay uh, just generally use it it shouldn't all right, so my next question is this. I've done three rides since signing up for Love Trails. The first ride I did was like eight miles and some change. And you said it'll only like ping you for like $5. And my ride was eight miles. And so when I completed it, I got the email for, you know, $5. And I was like, cool. It's exactly what I expected. And the next day I did an 11 mile ride, but it only pinged me for $6.61. It should pick up on all your 
activity within the geofence. Okay. Sometimes you think it's in the geofence, but if you look at closely at where it's due geofence, you know, GPS is not totally yeah. I mean any GPS device it differs. You know, some Garmin is good on some some places. Strava in general is not that good in mo- most places. Yeah, so, I mean, there's tons of Strava's yeah. errors out there. Yeah. So, um, once you're inside the geofence, it will be accurate. Okay. As accurate as, as your device. Yeah. So, your device passes on the stuff to Strava. If you use Strava, uh, it's in per se not that accurate. So, it might be that it's on a, you know, off somewhere uh, on certain places where you ride because of the pick up from, you know, the satellite and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So it might be that it's not totally accurate, but we don't use it as an accurate, you know, I mean, it's, it's all call it informal distancing and matching it up with your donations. It's never going to be totally accurate like yeah. for an event, timed event or anything like that. But it, it should it should be as accurate as your device. Okay. Um, and then I did a DuPont ride on, I believe, Saturday. My DuPont route included some public road a little bit. And I imagine that threw the numbers off a little bit because maybe, you know, some of that road or some of the the trail might not have, like, fallen into the geofence zone. Yeah. Because, like, Rocky Ridge Trail, for instance, is kind of off by itself on the other side of a, a paved road that's a state road. Yeah. And so that yeah. probably threw some things off. So just me looking and listening to what you said and then looking at the map kind of gave me some ideas about that on kind of why my numbers weren't matching up with exactly what I thought. But you know what? I did a 13-mile ride, and I think like I think it was like $8 and something. Went to Friends of DuPont. So, mm-hmm. hey, it's better than nothing, right? Yes. Okay, so again... We do, and DuPont is one of those examples where we set them up. They didn't want to get involved in all the setup. They just said, okay, you do it for us. We don't understand this whole thing. Mm-hmm. We'll get somebody. But in the meantime, just draw the lines as you think, okay, according to what we see on Strava, what we see on Trail Forks and everywhere. Um, so I just went ahead and did a geofencing off my head from the maps that I saw, the routes that I saw, the Strava activity of people. And I said, okay, this is more or less what I think it should be. Okay. But it's really up to somebody in Friends of DuPont that knows the forest, knows the trails intimately to go back and use the little geofencing tool that we provide and do a fine tuning of the whole thing. So what you might, and they've never done that. So what you might find there, it's, it's a rough estimate of where these trails are and what, but it, it needs somebody that really knows the area to go and sit and say, okay, this trail we maintain and we're going to draw the line perfectly around this area and not include that road because it's a state road or whatever mm-hmm. we can't do that we just, we just don't have the intimate knowledge of like every trail system of, in, of in every the trail system yes some is very accurate some of the guys really you know they really loved using the tool and going to sit down and really did a good job of tracing all these little areas you know and um 
it, it looks quite broken up in the map, but it's very accurate. Okay. So once you ride on a trail, you know you're going to get exact mileage for that area that they've gone because they know that the area very well. Nice. Okay, and so this geofence, it can encompass gravel roads as well, right? Yes, yes. It can anything, really. When you and Drew were speaking, it made me think of like cycle cross races because a lot of those races yes. are set up in like temporary areas and parks and such. Yes. You're giving money to these clubs and organizations. Obviously, you can't do this for free. So yes. how does this work on your end? We charge a flat fee. That means 5%. So when you reach that $5 threshold and you pay $5 or whatever plus cents that it comes down to, we will charge 5% of that charge, that credit card charge. Oh, okay. And uh, so if it's $10, it's 5% on $10. It's always 5% on a transaction. Mm -hmm. That's all we charge. There's no other fees. There's no licensing fee. There's no setup fee. There's no long-term contract. You can end this, this partnership with us at any time. Just give us, it will take us probably about a, a week to just undo and delete all the trails and all the stuff to make sure. Yeah, it's it's that 5% that we charge. And included in that 5%, we actually take care of your credit card fee that organization usually gets charged. That was my next question, yeah. If you do a donation through PayPal, it's 2.9% plus, I think it's 30 cents per transaction. So um, we actually take care of that. That five percent includes that credit card fee. Oh, wonderful! So we we make at best two percent on on a yeah. on any transaction. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I know like some credit cards charge a little higher percentage. Like I know Amex, depending on who your vendor is, can be a little higher. And for this event to be set up, we don't charge any fee for that. So there's no registration for either the organization or the the person that participant that signs up you know it's a free process well great aria like everyone that has spoken to me about this has had nothing but awesome things to say myself i'm excited to use it and uh you know i'm i'm giving back to my to my local trails which is great to do it's it's fantastic i tell you thanks for the compliment and thanks for your positive attitude i saw you had the love trails logo on your on your strava account yeah and uh I, I've actually made a screenshot of that and put it on our website today. So um, I give you a bit of a compliment there. <laughs> but I loved it. You know, I, I like when people share this stuff. Was really honestly, I mean, for me, we I can tell you, we're not making money from this at all. None of us working with this business get any salary. We do it all in our free time. I'm the only guy that's really full time in uh, in, in service of this business. I just keep all the tabs together. The others are all freelancers, people that just enjoy doing this, you know. So um, we don't make any money. We will only make money once we have about 10 million donors. <laughs> <Yeah. or something. laughs> then it will become worth doing this. But anyway, we're far from that. Um, but the, uh, the other thing is just that we want to encourage people to actually donate outside of their normal place where they ride. You know, so if I am a visitor here, I get these emails from Pisca and from everywhere. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I don't, I'm, you know, I never know because I've done this, but you will 
go into an area somewhere in um, in Colorado and you will get an email um, that you didn't even you uh, you didn't even know that these those trails are maintained by and by whom it's maintained and what kind of awesome job they're doing you know you would need to go back kind of to your hotel room and say okay let me search who might be responsible for these trails because i really enjoyed it i want to make a contribution i think it's fair that i you know i contribute something the nice thing about it is that you will get an email telling you exactly who's maintaining it and suggest a, a donation you know so mm-hmm. and it's up to you whether you want to approve or not but it's really nice to get that email. oh yeah absolutely and and you feel good if you do it because it's such small amount, amounts it's really i mean it, it doesn't really make a huge impact on anybody's pockets you know and you can have a budget for yourself you can say well i'm never going to pay more than five dollars a month uh, on donations and you you know you stick to that yourself mm-hmm. you just you just delete the next one once you reach your five dollars you say well okay i've had enough for this month um i'm just not gonna approve the next email that i get yeah you just don't and have to I'll click wait the button for, i'll wait for june and then you know, I'll start donating again. So it's up to you. It's totally in your control what you do. Yeah, it's great. Well, Ari, we really appreciate, you know, your service and, and putting something like this out there for us all to use. And uh, hopefully you get those 10 million subscribers at some point so you can actually. <laughs> That's right. Uh, thank you. I will let you know if, you, if we achieve that. <laughs> well, awesome. Uh, thanks for your podcast too. Um, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, dude, right on, man. We love doing it. Good. I'll check your rides. And um, every now and then, um, I'm, I'm prompting people to do something. And if you don't mind, feel free to share stuff. We will share your stuff, whatever it is. We like to actually highlight the users of the app. Oh, totally. Instead yeah. of just the, uh, just the app itself. Mm-hmm. We want to put a face to the people that use it and encourage people to use it as part of their kind of enjoyment of the trails you know so we'll share whatever you put out there and uh, hopefully influence people dude it's great i love it okay thank you all right thanks ari have a good evening you too bye-bye that's cool that's good to hear some more details after giving it a few days of use and uh it's good to see how things work a little bit more in detail yeah you can't expect it to be perfect mile for mile but it all like he said depends on how well the the trail organization goes through and sets up the geofencing and how accurate your device is which we all know that if you're using like your phone for Strava it's not going to be precise so I'm just happy that my ride created money that went to the local trail organization so that's that's cool I'm still super supportive of it and I've already told like three friends that I know of different trail organizations that I did not see listed on their site to hit them up. Yeah, good. I think the the farther we can spread it, the better it's going to be. And I really do believe also in this uh, system, anything's better than nothing and everybody's got just a little bit to spare. Oh, absolutely. What about the weather, Mangler? Oh man. All right. So it's been super dry and beautiful spring-like temperatures, but leading into this weekend, we're going to have some showers. If you're listening on Friday, we've got some showers throughout the day. Saturday is calling for, you know, isolated thunderstorms 
in the early part of the day, increasing later in the day. And then Sunday is calling for PM thunderstorms. And then Monday, midday isolated thunderstorms. So it's kind of that late spring-like conditions where, you know, those isolated afternoon thunderstorms pop up. You may be riding in Bent Creek and not get wet, or you may be riding in Mills River and you got drenched on. So it's one of those scenarios. Midweek looks pretty good. Definitely warming up into the ooh, high 80s, mid 80s for sure. And then looking into next weekend, maybe a couple isolated thunderstorms popping around. But, you know, it's, it's getting to that time of the year where it's like a roll of the dice. You're either going to get wet or you're not going to get wet, but you're probably going to ride your bike. Well, good luck to all of our friends racing the Green River Games Enduro this weekend. Hopefully you can dodge all those raindrops. Oh, yeah. You're probably going to see one or two, but you might not see any. (laughs) Yeah. Well, guys, that is a wrap on this week's episode. And as always, you can find us on social media. Just search Pisgah Podcast. And we've also got our web store going with shirts, water bottles, koozies, and you can check all that out at pisgahpodcast.bigcartel.com. If you've already seen a few Berm Park GoPro POVs on YouTube, then go ahead and click subscribe and share with your friends and share those videos with your friends. And buy your friends a Listen to Pisgah t-shirt and a water bottle, and a koozie. You know what, Drew? I still haven't watched uh, GoPro POV from from Parkin, so I guess I should do that. I get motion sickness when I ask those things, so I try to avoid it. Right on.